Mate, we covered three states today. Yeah, we did. And the thing that I took out of it is that the the Brisbane Carnival is really starting to heat up. Yeah. That's all, that's all I really care about, let's be honest. Yeah, absolutely. And in probably the feature race of the day, um, full credit to the sponsors of that race as well. Um, but I think I've found one of the great get-out-of-the-casino bets of all time, and you'll actually be able to see that on my Ned's profile this weekend as well. Yes, uh, the Ned's profile is great, mate. Um you know, if you want to follow us in, if you followed uh, us in last week, you would have found a couple that's for sure. Maybe you find some more this week at some value, but uh, if you don't want to do that, that's fine. But still, you can do everything else with the Neds app. You can get weird and exotic as well with the Neds same race multi. And, you know, there's no one else I'd rather bet with heading into the Brisbane Winter Carnival. Well, they also have a black book feature there, so you can black book ones for these prep runs into their grand finals. They have the futures markets there. You can do all that good stuff mm-hmm. with the good people at Neds. Mm-hmm. Damn right. But what are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Oh dear, it's moving day this weekend, mate, for Group 1's. Crikey, five of them. Yeah, gee whiz. It's, um, it's sort of come out of nowhere. I always forget um, how quickly the, the ramp up is for, for Group 1's. Mate, five this weekend, the Everest and Caulfield Cup are next week. It's crazy. Yeah, crazy. And um, <laughs> yeah, seriously looking forward to the Everest. How, hasn't um, having some fortunes changed for some horses in, in that race? Isn't it? And I thought something was up with Nature Strip as highlighted last week and it turns out he had mucus in his throat. So I saw that, yeah. It'll have to be one of Waller's best performances ever if he can get him up for that. Oh, um, if anyone was going to do it, I back Chris Waller. Yes, but you're getting eight bucks to find out now. Much better than the $3 he was prior to the race. So Yeah, you'd be spewing if you had a um, he'd put a fixed price early bet on him at like $2.50 or something. You'd be spewing. You'd be nervous. <laughs> You're so, so nervous. All right, mate, let's get stuck in. There's a ton of uh, stuff to get through in this podcast today. So let's kick it off as we always do. Horses that caught our eye. Take us away. Uh, first up, I'm going to go with a pretty obvious one, uh, Enthar. Um, she won the two-year-old Phillies race on the weekend um, in Ranwick. Um, she never looked in any trouble. Three wide the trip. J-Mac didn't even give her a whack. Uh, towards the end, um, and she still cruised home. She's seven bucks for the slipper at the moment. Um, great price, yeah. Actually, I think vaccine just finished. So, ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, oh, well, you get that. No, man, she was very impressive. Very impressive. Um, from Melbourne, I had a Sydney filly that has continued to go up the grades in September run. She was massive down the straight. She has that's two from two now down the straight. She's heading towards the Coolmore. Um Ooh. so yeah, she'll be mighty competitive there, that's for sure. Yeah, well, um the straight at Flemington, some horses just just seem to love it. So um yeah, she looks to be really suited. Yeah. For the Coolmore. Who else, mate? Um, Sierra Sue, uh, she ran in race eight in Melbourne. She had the best last 200 metres of the day going sub 11. Um, Michael Walker rode for a bit of luck, I reckon. Mate, that- and Didn't he get it? <laughs> visually, that was the best win of the day for mine. That was, She's on my list as well. Yeah, okay. Um, that was a massive win. Yeah. Huge. Um, took it took it back and, yeah, just absolutely bowled home. 600, from 600 metres onwards, you could just see her winding up. Mm. Um who are her trainers again? Natalie Young and... Uh, yeah, Trent Busted and Natalie yeah, Young. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think generally she rides forward. Mm. I think this is the first time because of the barrier she rode back and it looks like that's the sort of, that's the sort of way she should be ridden in the future. Yeah, she was my Oaks filly for um, the South Australian Oaks. And, um, oh, was, that's right. I was yeah. quite keen on her there, um, but she she came up with a an issue. So, she's obviously... Fully fit now. Yeah, she she looks really good. Um, yeah, the, the, remind me of the Oaks was that Toffee Tongue in South yep. Australia. Yeah, 
okay, yeah, yeah, Sierra Sue, yeah. I do remember that and she, she, she pulled up, didn't she? Yeah, she was three wide, the trip, no cover on speed and uh, she just died like in the ass. So, she, um, yeah, she's clearly got over whatever affliction she had and she's yeah. come back. She might just be a springtime filly. You never know. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, look, honourable mention actually to Toffee Tongue, now that I think about it, um, mm. running a huge second. Oh, another Walla trifecta in a middle distance race. Yeah. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Far Not me. Um, yeah, look, Finch Finch as well in that race. Um, oh, look, basically ran the exact same race as VE. Yep. Um, so, definitely can't begrudge him. Um, but I also had for my last horse, Young Vertha or Young Wertha, uh, ran second in the last um, race in Melbourne. Um was a hot favourite and had heaps to do, but absolutely bolted home um, with about 100 metres to go. Um, young horse, so he'll learn from that, the big fella. And, um, <laughs> yeah, definitely will be keeping an eye on him wherever oh. wherever he goes next. Mate, the uh, tried and true uh, Danny O'Brien, Damien Oliver combination there. So, yeah, he, he was my pick for the quaddy and he just never looked a hope and he only really got going in the last hundred. So, he could be on a derby path. You never mm. know. And my last one, mate, was Probable. Oh. Probable. And you know what? Honorable mention to Libertini. They were the two best wins in yeah. Sydney. Yeah. Um, so, Probable's on her way to the Cox Plate now. So, um, yeah, keen to see how she goes. Yeah, she was um, she was awesome and I'll talk about Probable a bit bit more later on in the uh in the potty ah well let's not waste any time mate polo recipients for the week where we have different tiers of polos that we give to people in racing and outside of racing so your top tiers are really nice crisp navy or gray your middles are your whites your blacks they're not quite as good and then your bottom ones are something terrible like an orange or a the dreaded purple you, you don't want a dreaded Purple polo punters. You, you certainly really, don't want that. You really don't. So, kick us off, mate. Who's your top tier polo recipient for the week? Mate, I'm actually... I don't know what yours is, but I'm going to actually handball it back to you because if I think it is what it actually is, I believe you deserve to talk about this first. Is it the punter that won? <laughs> actually, no, it's not. Okay. <laughs> so, what do you want to do? I'll go first. Then. Okay. <laughs> I know... I've, I, know, I think I know what you're doing, but I've kind of flipped it. Okay, so, okay, yeah. fair enough, fair enough. So you go <laughs> <laughs> straight up. Uh, top tier for me was the um, was the Brisbane Lions win on the weekend. Hundred um, percent. They were unreal. It was an unreal game of footy. Um, it was great uh, watching it with a diehard fan like yourself, mate. Thanks, mate. Uh, a few beers deep. Yes. Um, yeah. So many highlights. So many awesome goals, and um, great to see them get the win onwards and upwards. Yes, no, um, very, very happy, man. It was, yeah, it's been a very, very long time. Their last finals win was 2009. This will be their first prelim since 2004. Ah, yeah, nothing (laughs) else to say. What a time to be alive. Nothing else to say. Um, My top tier, mate, was a Quinella mistake. So, I'm not sure if you've seen this. I did see that. This is hectic, punters. So, so... Firstly, this punter has some sort of balls on him. So, he wanted a $60 per stake Quinella with, uh, I think there was 10 different combinations. So, there was five different horses in Newcastle race six. So, you know, already eyebrows raised. And then you have to look at the horses that he selected. So, he went a 35 to one shot, a 19 to one shot, a $6.50 to one shot, a 41 to one shot. And a hundred and fifty-one to one shot <laughs> in his Quinella. Some genuine roughies in there. So this thing salutes. So you're like, oh, happy days. How good's that? So instead of having sixty dollars per stake, this man has had six hundred dollars per stake. He put another zero in his uh, bet by mistake. So oh, he, so he so when he was watching the race, he assumed he had sixty on it. He didn't know he had six hundred on it. He thought he no. So he had six hundred per stake per Quinella combination. So he oh. had six thousand dollars on it. Oh, shit. He wanted he wanted to spend six hundred. He landed up spending six thousand. But the things caught up in the last drive. I think the hundred and fifty to one pop has popped its head up to run. No way. So, he's landed up winning over 620 grand. 
<laughs> That's a genuine life-changing mistake for the better. And you know why I look up to this punter is because you've seen me at a tab on a weekend when I've only had one or two beers. I cannot fill out a ticket to save myself. Nah, he's, you're a genuine. I've never met anyone who is consistently terrible at filling out punting tickets. Oh. I reckon even someone who didn't know what they were doing. Would, yeah. would would get it more often than yeah. what you do, you shocker. Oh, I either miss miss the dollar amount, miss the horse, miss the race number. Oh, it's awful, horrific. But yeah, gives me hope, mate, that one day I'll <laughs> misclick it and then it salutes. Yeah, just somehow pick a trifecta pain, something similar to that. Oh, yeah. So, kudos to that punter, but no doubt he'll give it all back within a week. Righty, mate, who's your middle tier? <laughs> yeah. yeah, someone who bets that much on a fucking Quinella. Oh, my God. Pardon my French. Um, yeah, look, middle tier for me is uh, Probabil, but more so Karen McAvoy's ride on Probabil um, in the Epsom. Um, rode really, really positively, um, which I think proved, proved to be the difference on the Randwick Mile. Um, usually, I, I anticipated Probabil going back, but Karen McAvoy got out of the blocks um, and, and got to a nice position early, so um, sort of cancelled out you know, any danger of that. White barrier being an issue, so he just knew the horse that he had under it. Yeah, like yeah, no doubt in that. So yeah, credit to him, eh? He rode it like it was a good thing, and gee whiz, it was. So wasn't it just? And what's that? Three or four nil to Funstar now, probably. So they're old sparring partners, but she always gets the best of her. Yeah, I'll, yeah, Funstar was great though, um, and I, I didn't really look at it at all. No, Epsom, so. I thought her prep was pretty average, but Brad put her, put her in yeah, as great um, his top pick, but oh, it didn't salute, did it? Um, my middle tier this week is Damien Oliver. Now, this is – I actually have two this week, and he's the first one. So, he's on notice for me because he had a couple of stinking rides on the weekend. One of them was Tefane where he just sat behind and maybe had nowhere to go. You never, and I really don't like potting jockeys. I really don't. But – He's had a few the last few weeks where they've been pretty average. Tafane was one of them. That young Werther was another where he just wasn't proactive enough and he'd never know the instructions. He probably just want, doesn't want a gut buster. And I think he was on personal as well where he didn't really ride it out either. Last start in the um, Thousand Guineas pre- prelude. Now, I might have got that rider wrong, but I think it was him. All that aside... He's on a couple of my on-top selections this weekend and he needs to get the job done. So, I believe he can. It's just maybe he might be a little bit out of form, old Ollie. And the other the other punter I have on notice is Dolab. So, <laughs> he, started, he started the group one season now so strongly and, mate, he had a stinker on the weekend. I think he only had one placing from memory. Oh, and no. uh, he himself said that he started out this, the group one season last year in the exact same fashion, out of the blocks, early leader, and then he faded. And what happened last time? He won the purple polo. Yeah, he's not peaking at the right time in his prep, is he? So, yeah. Real first up top. Yeah. Bit of, bit of chat within the group. You'll never know how he takes that. So Respond. Respond yeah. then. Yeah. Just respond. I just want, I want to see you actually do something now, Dolay. Come on, lift. <laughs> And credit to you, mate. You've you had a great weekend on the group ones last week, mate. Yeah, um, about time. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. Out in front now with Maka on your heels. So, mm. oh, mate. The um, this yeah, definitely moving day this weekend, yeah. and then obviously Derby Day in a couple of weeks. Um, I don't care what happens for any weekend up until Derby Day, as long as I have a good day on Derby Day. That's that's all that matters. Hundred percent, mate. All right, your bottom tier. Um, I don't know if you would have seen this, mate, but randomly popped up in uh, like what's it called Reels now on mm. Insta. Um, <laughs> this bloke drove his Maserati onto a beach in Newcastle, but it's like a four-wheel driving beach. And yeah, so he drives his Maserati on there. Why? I've got absolutely no idea. Probably like a... I don't know, two hundred, two hundred fifty thousand dollar car, um, and then gets bogged on the dry sand as you'd expect. So goes to tow it out, 
and when they connect the ute in front and it drives forward, completely rips off the bonnet of the car. Oh, no. <laughs> so that's just terrible, terrible behaviour. I just randomly saw it and I was like, is this, a, is this, is this real? Is this a prank? And then I, I Googled it and found out a bit more and I just thought, you know what, that's just terrible behaviour. That's, that's bottom tier stuff. That is bottom tier stuff. Um, I also had a dishonourable mention to Ollie. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, same juice box here, mate. Um, <laughs> my bottom tier, and this is how I flipped it on you, is Richmond's disrespect to Brisbane before that final last week. I pointed it out to you at the pub. You did. They were basically just laughing and joking around before they went out. And I can't see them doing that a few years ago. Like when they first started making finals, I think that just shows a bit of com- What is it? Complete content, complacency. Yeah, complacency. (laughs) We got there together in the end. Thanks, thanks (laughs) for your help. Thanks for walking me through. I was struggling too. Uh, Complacency. So yeah, I just think they disrespected their opposition, and you could just see Brisbane was switched on before the game. So look, I yeah, I just don't like seeing that in footy. Yeah, it looked it looked arrogant. It did. Um, I've got no issues with Richmond. Yeah. Um, as a club or as a team, um, mm. but that did look arrogant. Yeah, they just—I think they—they uh, they like the smell of their own mess <laughs> sometimes. So, still think they're the team to beat. I think they can definitely get there the long way this year. But uh, yeah, pull your heads in, boys. Alrighty, that's it, mate. Let's get cracking onto the preview of the Caulfield card. Race one on the program is the debut. Is it called the Debutante Stakes? Yeah, it is. Um, I read that and then it didn't click <laughs> for a few minutes. <laughs> I was looking at the form. I was like, none of these horses have raced before. Most of them haven't even trialed. And then, yeah, um, put two and two together because I am smart <laughs> and figured out it's called the Debutante Stakes for a reason. All righty. So, 1,000 metres, Caulfield, obviously two-year-olds. Uh, can you can you pick a winner here? Oh, <laughs> well, I picked both the two year old races last week. One was pretty straightforward. The other one was a genuine punt. <laughs> so I was thinking I'll I'll do the same thing here and go for jockey trainer combination. Um, but that doesn't even really give you much here either. Uh, but look, I've got the favourite on top at the moment. Uh, number twelve, Fake Love. Um, Maran Eustace stables in pretty good nick. Mark Zara is in pretty good form. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll be keeping an eye on the market, but for the sake of this podcast, I'll have it on top. Beautiful. No, can't can't knock you there, mate. I was listening to a um, RSN about it, and they have a trial dude who looks at everything, and he said that thing will be very hard to beat. Um, barrier one at Caulfield can sometimes be a bit sticky, but it's actually going to suit it. Needs something in its vision to like keep okay. it on track. Okay. So, should lead and uh, be a bit tough to run down. I think as a rule, prior to maybe January, I'm just not going to back any of the favourites in the two-year-old races just because I don't see any value in it. Um, if I have a bet at all. <laughs> yeah. Look. Godolphin over the last few years have been outstanding in their two-year-olds. They have been top class in getting them ready. Uh, I think one of the Godolphin things down in at Flemington last week, one on debut at about 10 bucks or so, that thing just didn't look like losing. I'll stick with Godolphin here with Ollie on board. Animo, the two. Um, again, this dude from RSN said that it uh, has been... You know, having some nice jump outs and looks a progressive animal. Uh, James Cummings during the week said that it has a good chance, so why not? But again, not too confident, but that's Uh, what happens with the babies, mate. They don't know what they're doing. Fair enough. And um, yeah, look, for for the most part in Colts versus Phillies, you'd you'd probably want to go for Colts. I've gone a Philly, but um, yeah, no, fair enough. Yeah. All righty, mate. The thoroughbred. Thoroughbred Club <laughs> Stakes, 1,200 metres, Group 3, Phillies. What are your thoughts? Uh, oh, for me, it's really hard to go past the favourite spots that. Um, it was great last start winning in Mooney Valley. Um, it had a pretty tough race there though, um, mm. but, but still got the chocolates. Uh, run prior, it ran second to the previously mentioned horse September run. 
she looks to be a really smart filly September run. So I think that form um, should stack up pretty nicely here. So happy to have it on top. Um, we'll be keeping an eye on number one, Let's Be Glam, though. It's a horse I've backed a couple of times. So if it runs a decent race but doesn't win, I'll be happy. <laughs> yeah. I think the key for Let's Be Glam might be the weather. So I think she's the – maybe it's how romantic. One of the two. Let's say both of them uh, might not handle the softer conditions. So, if the rain does come down in Melbourne and we're playing on a soft six or so, might be a little bit of a query. Uh, but swats that, I think she handles any going. She's my on top selection as well, mate. Nothing more to add. Cool. Race three on the program is the weekend hustler stakes. You've been called a weekend hustler from time to time. Man, I get through some genuine work on the weekends. Um so that's fair enough. Play on. <laughs> Alrighty, mate. Who who have you got on top here? Uh, oh, I can't um, get off uh, number six. Windstorm uh, was a fighting win the other week uh, against Buffalo River. Uh, well into its prep, um, but yeah, I can't really see anything else threatening in it in this race. I think um, there'll be some nice early speed from uh, number five, Archdemus. Um, and Windstorm likes to chase something. So, yeah. Happy to have it on top. Smaller fields, you can have confidence in the back markers. They they always aren't that too far off, only two or three lengths off them at the top of the straight. So, I think he's the most likely winner. But the horse that's been under the radar this prep and the one I'm actually going to have a throw at the stumps at is number two, Runson. Um, peaks third up here, three wins from six starts. Favorite track, favorite distance. Um, yeah, he ran a nice second, uh, third, sorry, behind Diamond Effort first up. So I think he's worth a throw at the stumps at the eight bucks. Yeah, why um, not, man? I think, yeah, it's between him and Windstorm to get the chockies, but I do concede Windstorm looks very hard to beat. All righty, mate. Race four is the Northwood Plume Stakes. Group three for Mares. Who'd you land on here? Uh, well, I didn't land on number seven, Liar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm jumping off her um, after backing her, I think, every start since she won the Blue Diamond. So, <laughs> there's a few chances in this, but um, just quickly, is number three, How Amantic, it's nommed for Ranwick as well, so I don't know. Uh, well, she's... This prep, she's been in Melbourne, so I'd imagine the only reason they might... Well, she's got a jock booking here, so she, I'd say she's here. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, look, I'm, I'm actually quite split on this race then. Um, I like number three, How Romantic, and number four, Felicia as well. Both have really great records on the track. Um, I think How Romantic was... Backed pretty heavily last start and ran second as the favourite. Um, I think that's the race where um, Craig Williams had a, an absolute peach of a ride on Pinion. On Pinion. Yeah. Um, crazy ride. Yep. I think 13 bucks when I was looking at it earlier. Uh, I think that's a ridiculous price. Um, so, I, I think that's um, real value there. I think it's between it and Felicia. Um, but I'm happy to have an each way on how romantic. Yep, can't talk you out of that, mate. Um, she's known for the Silver Eagle, so she'd have to go up against old AB. Oh, the blood. blood. Yeah. Um, so, not sure about that. Um, yeah. Stay tuned. Um, <laughs> mate, the one I've got on top here, and I don't think you'll be surprised here, is number one, Keylong. Um, Tony McAvoy, Luke Curry on the back. Um, I really like this, man. Um, yeah, I know you big, do, yeah. Big fan of her. She she has a fantastic record, um, 50% winning strike rate, um, 80% placings, so she always puts in. Um, last prep, she um, she was able to hold off Ghana down in Adelaide, and I think she can get the chocolates here. Um, first up form's pretty damn good, two out of three. Um, handles the distance and handles any way of going. So, um, yeah, look, I'm happy to risk Liar. Fiesta only really has one run in her each prep. Watch her win now. And, uh, 
Yeah, the others, I agree that um, Felicia is a danger and I'm actually keen to see how Exhilarates goes as well. Um, she, but it's been a while since she's won 56 weeks. So, yeah, she's my on topper. All righty, mate. So, I think i am got a bit. Let's have a look here. All righty, here's a good race, mate. The Sklarchi, race five, 1100 meters, group two. Wait for age. Who you got on top, mate? It is a great race. It's um pretty tough race to pick, but I'm going to go with Sydney form. Um, there's only a couple of Sydney horses in this race. One of them being number eight, Dirty Work. Uh, it's run behind several Everest-bound horses so far this prep in some pretty some pretty nice runs. Um, yeah, run behind Gtra and Nature Strip in the Concord. Um, ran a fourth in the shorts. Um, it was checked in that race. Um, I think the trifecta was Classic Legend, Eduardo, and Biv Awak in that race. So yeah. running behind some smart horses. Um, happy to have it on top here. Yeah, my I was I was really weighing up Dirty Work and another horse. The only reason why I got off dirty work is because I think he's actually treated pretty poorly at the weights here. Um, does rise a fair bit in the weights. So, yeah, I, I, I'm just not convinced at that. And there's some horses that can carry weight, Behemoth being one, <laughs> uh, and there's others that can't. And I'm, I have no idea if you can or you can't. I've got, I've got a love affair with this horse. Um, Diamond Effort on top for me, number 10. I just can't fold her. Um, look, she ran fifth in the uh, Moya last start, but she was pulling her head off. She was mm. she was really uncomfortable. Um, maybe it was the night. Maybe it was the Mooney Valley track. Don't really know. But she was also back from 1,100 to 1,000. She's back up to 1,100 here. She's proven on, again, any way of going. So I've, that's kind of a theme for my on-top selections this weekend. Um, and, yeah... She's drawn a bit sticky, but I think, yeah, she can sit on speed and take a sit behind maybe Splintex, Jungle Edge, maybe Haydock, so, and order a command. So, there is a bit of speed in this race. So, um, yeah, happy to have her on top. Um, let's skip the features. There's four of them. And let's go to the Get Out Stakes, mate. Let's quickly go to the Get Out Stakes. So, I've got... If I can find it, here we go. The Herbert Power, 2400 Group 2. This was a toughie for me. Same here, mate. It, it really was. Um, there's probably three or four horses that I struggled to to separate. Um, but look, I'm just going to go with the favourite, uh, number three order of the Garter. I can't knock his form. No. Um, and... Good win last start. Uh, obviously, goes up in distance here, which I think will be suitable. Um, draws well. Um, uh, Ollie on the back. <laughs> so, I th- I'm hoping Ollie bounces back this weekend, like you said. Um, other horses I'll be keeping an eye on will be in good health, who should get an easy lead. Um, Zabrowski, I'm, I'm waiting for it to do something. Off him. <laughs> um, and uh, Shepada as well, I think, um, should not run a nice race here. Yeah. Uh, I agree, mate. Order of the Garter looks very hard to beat, but he's not my on toppy here. I've gone for a bit of a roughie in the last, one that hasn't won for an age. Um, 78 weeks, in fact, so hopefully today's <laughs> the day. Um, number 10, Gaelic Chieftain. Um, look, his recent form doesn't look too good. Duck egg, duck head, <laughs> 8th, 4th, 7th, ninth. <laughs> looks pretty damn average, actually. Bang average. But he, uh, I think he might get things to suit here. Um, smaller field, that might be the key to this horse. Uh, only 11 runners, so he will have things in his sight. He's a back marker, so he will get back, but he'll have them in his sights. But I think there's too much speed in this race, so I think everything will have a chance of winning. Um, he is treated really well at the weights here. I'd... I can't remember the last time he had 54 kilos uh, three starts ago in the uh, Sydney Cup. Anyway, (laughs) last start, he was one of only two horses to break the 12 seconds uh, for the last 200. 
the other one being Chapada, and he makes meets that horse two and a half kilos better at the weights. So, and Chapada is a bit of a non-winner as well. Um, so, I'm happy to have Gaelic Chieftain on top here, Damien Lane on. Um, yeah, he could sneak in. The reason why I didn't, I wasn't keen on Order of the Garter. He has the Caulfield Cup next week. Like, is he really going to have gut buster here? I don't know. Like, uh, it's I find with stayers the the quick turnaround isn't too much of an issue, particularly when they're into their prep. Um, yeah. But yeah, that that is a fair point. Yeah, I don't know. It's like I just can't see him having a really hard run here. I think they're just going to take him round, like basically like a barrier trial. If he wins, he wins. But happy to take him on. Alrighty, punters. That's the first six races on the card. Uh, we're going to get into the features, have a bit of a deep dive next, but we'll take a quick break before that. We're back, mate. We're back. Let's get stuck in. Let's start deep diving into the group ones. Ah, oh, let's do it. Nice little beverage. All righty. Race six on your programs is the Caulfield Stakes, 2,000 meters, group one, wait for age. And as I do, mate, I'm going to give you some stats. Mate, this all of these races in uh, in Caulfield time honored. This this race goes back to eighteen eighty six. Gee whiz! Yeah, um, the twenty sixteen edition only had three runners because of winks. Didn't even research who they were, but that's the smallest field ever for a Group One in Australia. Three runners. Three runners. Jeez. Yeah. And it's got a bit of the same thing happening here because of one fella that's <laughs> scaring them all off. Um, so, seven winners since 2006 have come through the Underwood tick. <laughs> and only three mares since 1985 um, have won Winks and Atlantic Jewel uh, included in those. Let's not really spend... Oh, previous winners... Kingston Town, Might Empower, Northerly, Long Row, So You Think, and Cape of Good Hope last year, who I don't think he's finished inside the top 10 since. <laughs> yeah, gee whiz. So, mate, I think we're drinking from the same juice box here. I think we are. But, yeah, who have you got on top? Yeah, look, um, RC number six, Russian Camelot, looks um, too dominant here. Uh, he was dominant last start in the Underwood. Um yeah, have him on top. Nothing more needs to be said. Um, Cox Plate or Caulfield Cup, you reckon, for Russian? Uh, Cox Plate, already confirmed. Oh, already confirmed? Cox Plate into Melbourne Cup. And then I think they're taking Fair. him to the UK next year, which is great to see. Yeah. Take on, they're going to take on the world. So, Fair enough. Um, All yeah. things going well, obviously, but... He yeah. looks, yeah. He looks, um, he looks to be probably the the number one horse in Australia at the moment. I think. Yeah. Well, I saw something pretty crazy actually on Instagram, which I saved, and I'll pad until I find it. But he is. He only started his career his career less than a year ago, which is actually pretty hectic. Yeah, I think I know what you're trying to pull up on on Insta. Um, and if it is, it's a it's a great little. Uh, yeah. So, how long did it take some of Australia's recent equine champions to win three group ones? So, you go Black Caviar, 694 days, Winks, 508 days, So You Think, 501 days. And if he wins this weekend, it will be exactly 365 days. So, he'll be the quickest to do it. Um, so, it's great. So, Sportsbet put on the Hotham meeting. At, I think it's Bendigo yep. on a Saturday. So, that's basically the richest maiden race in Australia. So, they have basically the worst horses. It's the worst. It's the Melbourne Cup for worst horses in Australia. And he ran his first race in Australia was at that meeting. So, a year on, no he's way. $1.50 favorite for a group one. It's nuts. It is the crazy. The progression of this horse. Um, yeah, well, I think he, he blew everyone away in the South Australian derby, was it? Yeah. Riding um, on the wall there. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's when he really got my attention. <laughs> yeah, so I have him on top. Yeah, so do I. Um, hopefully, I don't put the brakes on him. But uh, I've, got, I've got um, Russian Camelot on top. I've got Arcadia Queen running into second. And I have Humidor running third. Yeah, same trifecta 
for me, mate. Humidor has yeah. been gone very well this prep, hasn't he? He has. He has. He's on a cox plate path as well. I think a lot of these will be on a cox plate path, to be honest. To be honest. So, see how they go. All righty, mate. 1,000 guineas. So, 1,600 meters group one for the Phillies. All righty. So, this one started in 1946. From 2006 to 2019, seven favorites have won. So, favorites have been well supported. Uh, only two runners since 2004 have drawn a double-digit barrier and one. Okay. So, you want to draw well. And five of the last seven winners have finished in their top three in the last start. Okay. Previous winners, uh, Miss Finland, Atlantic Jewel again, Amphitrite. And last year was that hectic race where Flit just poked her nose out right at the end. I think That's it was... Right. Is it Missile Mantra, maybe? Yeah. Is something else? Yeah. Yeah. So, all that considered, mate, how do you see this race unfolding? Uh, mate, I'm going to go back to the well uh, with Hungry Heart. Um, <laughs> I don't think you will be, but um, I'm not too concerned by the quick backup. Um, she's well into her prep, so I think she'll be rock hard. Um, and, yeah, I just, I just think this race looks suitable um, for her. Obvious danger for mine is uh, number three, Instant Celebrity. Um, this is a pretty big step up for her. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, happy happy to go with Hungry Heart again. Um, <laughs> bit of a non-winner, like you said, but like you said last week. But, um, mate. Going to take her. That's fine. Look, Montefilia is a smart filly. So, um, you know, if you get bitten by a better horse on the day and Dame Giselle find the bubble finally burst for that girl um <laughs> yeah well you call that man uh, um so, so fair enough there's a few sydney raiders in this race hungry heart as you mentioned uh thermosphere who's on the quick back up again after saluting in Sid- uh, melbourne last week but she's a sydney philly uh and you also have vangelic mate there's no speed in this race at all uh you have vangelic going forward and maybe night raid and Night Raid, who I've just heard, was a bit down in the dumps after the prelude. So, um, I thought she was one of the winning chances. But mm. after hearing that, I'm not too keen on her. The filly who I think has just been grossly missed in this market, I can't believe the price for her, is number four personal. This filly um, ran third in the Blue Diamonds um, last, uh, this autumn. And she was massive, a massive run last start, uh, running second behind Instant Celebrity. She was on the rails and she actually had the ability to sit on speed as well. She used the barrier. And that makes me think that um, Ollie on the back, hopefully, he can do this from time to time. Just get him in a position where they're comfortable. I'm happy if he, if he does that. Um but yeah, he should get her get her in a nice position. And this girl last run, she looked cooked at the top of the straight, but eased her in, and she was about two lengths off instant celebrity in the last hundred fifty meters. She came through right on the line to only miss her by a length. About fifty meters past the line, she was past her. So the sixteen hundreds, cherry ripe. $17 looks a stupid price for that girl. So, I'm keen on her. But, yeah, instant celebrity, the danger. Just don't know if she'll run our 1600. Yeah. No, great shout, mate. Um, for me, I've got Hungry Heart on top, instant celebrity running second. I've actually got Thermosphere on the quick backup. Um, I thought I think the Sydney form should stack up pretty nicely. Um, and it was, what, four wide when it won last week. So, um, yeah, I reckon it'll yeah. jag a third. Any rain around will help that girl. I think she's a bit of a wet tracker, but her Sydney class got her over the top of those um, girls last start. Sure did. Um, so, I've got personal on top. I've got instant celebrity running second, and begrudgingly, I've got Hungry Heart running third. I just don't like – I really don't like the afterthought group ones. I, they rarely win. I think that is the case here, but – she has the best three-year-old filly form going around in Australia, so can't knock her for being on toppy. Alrighty, mate. The, this is the creme de la creme, the feature of the day, the Caulfield Guineas. What a hectic race it is. Again, 
started in 1886. Um, since this is pretty hectic. Since 2011, only three winners have been from the Caulfield Guineas prelude. So, yeah, not a massive form reference. Mm. So that's that means that the Sydney Raiders and the Queensland Raiders have been winning. Yeah, and um, that probably influenced <coughs> my betting a bit. Yeah, um, barriers one to five have only produced. Oh, only they've produced twenty of the last thirty-one winners. So an inside barrier. Has 60%. Yeah. But you look at that and you look at the horses that have drawn inside here, they're a bit out in the market. So, it shouldn't... It's chalk and cheese. It's probably just luck of the draw, to be honest. Um, only three winners in the past 30 years have finished worse than fourth in their lead-up. So, you need something with some relatively good form in the lead-up. And New South Wales and Queensland trained gallopers have won 15 of the last 23. Jeez. Yeah. So, uh, and the longest ever price in a group one has been produced in this race. What price do you reckon? 180 dollars, 251 to one. <laughs> Imagine that a barity, if that is indeed your name. Um, shout out, yeah, but previous winners, mate, Lomro, Manicado, the Autumn Sun. And last year's winner, just getting over Alligator Blood, Super Seth, right down the outside. I remember that. So, all that taken to, into consideration, mate. Who have you got on top? Oh, mate, I was Ru- just... Rubik's Cube? I was genuine Rubik's Cube in myself when I was looking at the uh, at the form last night. Um, <coughs> so many horses that are in with a chance. Um and I'm, I'm genuinely split at the moment um, between number one, Tagaloa, and number three, Ollie Kirk. Um, on Tagaloa, was three wide the trip last race against older horses um, and still ran on well. Um, back to its own age group, the big fella, um, which I think will be suitable. Um, so, yeah, I, I like Tagaloa. Ollie Kirk, though, ooh, that Sydney form um, should relish the 600 meters, 1,600 metres. Um, draws an okay barrier, not one of those one to five barriers, did you say, that tends to be dominant here, but he, he'll get back a little bit anyway with King's Legacy, so I don't think that's too much of an issue as long as he doesn't find um, too much trouble coming through. So, oh, mate, I'm genuinely split between the two. Um, if you had a gun to my head right now, I'd probably say Ollie Kirk on top. Yeah. No, can't talk you out of that, mate. Um on Tagaloa, blinkers off as well. Yeah, I saw that. So they chucked the shades on this first two runs this prep, but um, he did his best racing um, last prep and prep before that without him. So um, yeah, he could explode. And one thing about this horse, and one thing that blinkers prevent, is he actually he's one of those fighters. When he saw Hanseatic run up beside him in the Blue Diamond, he stuck his neck out there. He wanted to win. That could be the winning recipe for him to chuck his head out there. 100% needs to go in your quaddy. Um, oh, yeah. I'm with you, mate. Uh, Sydney form is the best form. I've got uh, Ole Kirk on top. I did. I was I was weighing up King's legacy in Ole Kirk, but I've gone for Ole Kirk because apparently this is his grand final, not the Golden Rose. So... Oh, gee whiz. Yeah, so this is where he peaks, which I was surprised about. And the Hawks stable gets him, gets him going when they he needs They get him to. right. Yeah. And he gets around on his Melbourne leg, no worries at all. Um, King's legacy, I look, he was he was good, but he mm. did – he the 200 metres will suit him here, but he could be wanting 2,000. Like, he could be wanting further, whereas Ole Kirk, this looks – bit more suitable for him yeah it's hard to it's hard to pick three-year-olds um for the distances above 1600 meters because so many of them uh, are sort of aimed at the the mile at, at its peak um so yeah king you could be right about king's legacy he might want a bit further than the 1600 whereas yeah. i think 1600 for ollie kirk looks looks absolutely cherry ripe one thing i do as like a general rule of thumb is obviously listen to the trainers but look at their two-year-old season and there's some out-and-out sprinters where they thrive at the 1,200. 
Farnan, for example, Rothfire, where Tagaloa, they've always said he's a miler. Um, Ole Kirk, good good 1,200-meter to 1,400-meter horse as a two-year-old, steps out to 1,600 here, should suit. King's Legacy won the 1,400 and 1,600 group ones. He could be suited out to further. So, mm-hmm. um, I think a while ago, they were talking Cox Plate with that horse. So, 2,000 meters, that might be his pet yeah. distance. Yeah, and hasn't Ollie Kirk gotten jacked, man? Yeah. Since its last prep. I was yeah. looking at I was looking at it going into the barriers um, the other weekend and, oh, yeah. so that's, a, that's a big horse. Yeah, it is. Um, the one I would have been keen on as well would have been Glenn Fiddick. Glenn Fiddick, yeah. He didn't, uh, didn't have an affliction, but- that's how it goes. Um, the other runner I was keen on was Moanga. Um, I just think its form is a little bit of a notch down. Um, looked at its that first up run over at New, Newcastle has been a massive form reference. Six sub- subsequent winners from that race in only a few weeks. Huge form reference. But you compare that to I think it was the Golden Rose Prelude or whatever it was. Yeah, that it, that it won. Yeah. Uh, that um, uh, Rothfire won. So, you compared that race that Rothfire won. Oh, yeah, the two to, separate form lines, yeah. To the Newcastle race, it was 10 lengths, about 10 lengths slower. So, yeah, I think it is a bit of a jump up in class. Look, he could just be an absolute freak and pull it off, but I think I'm against him. So, I did have King's Legacy on top. But based on this being Ole Kirk's grand final, I've got him on top now. King's Legacy running second, and I have Tagaloa as the best of the locals. Yeah, um, similar trifecta for me, mate. Ole Kirk on top. Um, I'll have Tagaloa running second, um, and then King's Legacy um, to, to run a nice third. Beautiful, mate. Alrighty, the Turak, mate. This is a bloody tough one. Bloody tough <laughs> Isn't one. Isn't it just? So, this one, 1881, mate. Far out. Some genuine time-honoured races. Yeah. Uh, the best lead-up um, form reference has been the Sir Rupert Clark, produced six of the last eight winners. Uh, four horses have carried 58 kilos in the last 10 years, so the weight might not be necessarily a disadvantage. Um, only three mares have won it in the last 20 years. Um, and previous winners make uh, Lucky Hustler. Uh, more joyous, regal roller, and last year, fierce impact. Yeah, and he was a juicy odds that day, wasn't he? About 20 to 1, yeah. Oh. Never. Oh. You'll never. Oh. Oh. To be honest, mate, you always get an each way price about him anyway. Yeah, like, you do. Anyway. Such an honest horse. He really is. So, how. Yeah, tell, talk me through this because I need some help. Man, oh, I was stumped by this race. Absolutely stumped. Um, oh, four or five things I like. Um, trying to weigh up, um, yeah, the Sir Rupert Clark and, and Sydney form coming into this race. Oh, look, I, I've gone uh, number 13, Junipal, on top. Um, it's been great, this prep. It really has. It's um, It was a dominant win last start. Look, is it a genuine Group One quality horse? I don't know, but I wouldn't say that there's heaps and heaps of quality in this race either. Uh, hoping that from that barrier, uh, sits sort of midfield. nice, yeah, nice midfield position. Um, hopefully, find some some cover um, and then kick um, towards the end. I think uh, I do think a bottom weight in this particular edition of the Turak might be. A bit more of a factor. Um, look, not a lot of confidence. Not a yeah. lot of confidence, but I really did like its win last start and, and it's come back really nice, this prep. So, um, Johnny Allen on the back, he's been in pretty good form too, the big fella. So, yes. Junipal on top for me with zero confidence. Bit of speed in this race. So, Coney will go forward, Age of Chivalry, Buffalo River with Arkanar Star, Chief Ironside, and I'm Superman sitting behind. Um, so, yeah, I think it'll be a genuine tempo. Um, and I think that will actually suit the bottom weight, Buffalo River. Um, from their connections were saying that it, they just went too slow last start. And a few horses do need a genuine tempo when they race on speed. 
Finch, for example, he he would need a nice, genuinely run two-mile race because he's just now an outstayer. Buffalo River, I think he's a very, very top-class um, miler. So I think he can get the chocolates for me. He dropped six kilos here as well. Um, so I think that is the right form line here. Um, gets around Caulfield. He can handle dry or wet. No issues. I'm happy you set, put Junipal in. I don't have it in my top three, but he was definitely in the mix for me. The one runner I was umming and ahhing about was number four, I Am Superman. Yeah, same here. Far out. <laughs> I just, he's a bit of an enigma, this horse, but he's come back a better animal. Um, put Riadini to the sword last start and Riadini just came yeah. out and ran a place in the Epsom. So um, that form line looks red hot now. Very poorly treated at the weights for mine. Yeah. Um, I, for a horse that's only won two races in the last 12 months, one of them being a group two, which is where he would have got the penalty. Yeah, he he gets 57 and a half kilos here. Like, I don't know. He gives Buffalo River four and a half where he drops six. He won't know himself. Yeah, that, that, that for me was a factor. Um, oh, it just... The two wins from I Am Superman are great. And, and like you said, the form has been franked with Riadini's win, but I just I just wasn't convinced enough to, to put it on top. Um, great shout with Buffalo River, mate. It's also a horse that I um, I was weighing up as well. Um, yeah, fought on really strongly against Windstorm last race. Don't get me wrong, Windstorm's a, a cracking horse, but uh, is Windstorm a genuine Group 1 horse? Yeah. Don't know. Um, This isn't a genuine group one field, though. It's not. It's not. Um, But, yeah, I've I've found this race super tough to to, to dissect. I'm happy to have Junipal on top, but um, for mine, I'd I'd have Buffalo River running a really close second. Um, I am Superman running third. Um, But, look, you could even... You could argue Superstorm. You could argue Cascadian um, if he if he gets into a nice position with Ollie in this race. Um, oh, God, yeah, I don't know. Cascadian for mine. I did have a red hot look at him, but he might be a Flemington horse. Might need a bit more space. He seems to do his best racing on big tracks, so Caulfield might not be his go. But he doesn't like Caulfield at all, and the trainers know best, but. Three back-to-back runs at 1,400, really? I don't know. He gets to 1,600 here. That suits, but is it a run too late? Don't know. Don't know. Anyway, and yeah, I've got Buffalo River on top, Iron Superman running second. I've Super Storm. I'm chucking it in because I have no idea what they're doing with this guy, this prep either. Gone from 1,400 <laughs> up to 2,000, back to 1,600. Yeah, no, nah, that, that was a turn-off for mine. Um, but- like you said, trainers know what they're doing, but yeah. Like with Regal Power, they did the same thing. Went from the Australian Cup down to the All Star Watt Mile the next week, two thousand back to sixteen hundred. Regal Power won, so Stable's been proven at it. He might come out and win. Drawn wide, so get out of trouble. Piking on the back, you never know. Alrighty, mate. So that's that's Cor- uh, that's Caulfield done and dusted, but. <laughs> Some tough races. It is bloody tough, and I don't think it gets any easier for the spring champion stakes either. Down in uh, it certainly doesn't. So (laughs) this one, mate, been running since 1971. Uh, It's the final Group One of the Sydney season um, for the spring, Uh, but I imagine the Group One status of the Everest will change. That will surely change in the coming years, and the Golden Eagle for that matter. Um. The gloaming states stakes has provided seven of the last ten winners, um, and only two runners have finished worse than third in their lead-up run since nineteen ninety-three. This is this will put a lot of punters out. I reckon this stat. Only three favourites have won since two thousand two. Yeah, um, and I didn't know that, uh, but. I was thinking to myself, there's a few red-hot favourites in this. And I was thinking to myself, these are three-year-olds. How often do they run um, super consistently every start? Not not that often. Um, you've got a few exceptions, obviously. 
Um, but oh, there's two favourites in this, uh, number three, Love Tap, and number 13, Montefilia, both have cracking cases. Um, Love Tap's drawn the absolute car park. Uh, last start obviously led the entire time and and, that, and found something um, in the sort of last 100 metres of the of the race, Nash gave it a great ride. Um, we'll have a harder time getting out in front here, and I think the extra distance might be a bit too much for it. Um, so I don't have Love Tap on top. Montefilia, cracking Philly, obviously awesome win last start, quick back up. I like I said with uh, Hungry Heart, I don't think the quick backups that much of an issue. Um, but Phillies versus Colts, how often does that happen in, in the three year old races? Yeah. Uh, not often, not yeah. often, and especially for staying races, the the Phillies and mares rarely do they marry up against those um, yeah. Colts and Geldings. So I actually got a roughie on top in this, um, expecting it to to peak for this race. Um, number five, Bucharest, uh, Waller horse. Um, Waller doesn't have a ton of runners uh, in Group One um, racing. This week, this upcoming weekend, um, I think for the three-year-olds, particularly over the two thousand meter mark, Waller's got a, a cracking record. Uh, J Mac on the back, I think it's drawn really well here. Barrier three um, should sit just behind the leaders, um, and I think it showed enough in the um, last race. What's, the, what's that race called? Sorry, against that Love Tap one. Uh, it was the gloaming. The gloaming, yeah. Like you said, I think the gloaming's a great form line for this particular race. Um, he ran on really well in that. Um, and not only that, if you look at Bucharest's parents, um, side by Deep Impact, great Japanese horse, uh, and Stan was Miss Finland, both cracking horses, and all, most of their wins were above, were 2,000 metres and above. How much you read into that, you know? He has the pedigree to he run it He has the out. pedigree to run it out. Yep. So, look, I think 20 bucks at the moment is, a, is an excellent price, um, and I'm happy to take on the favourites. So. Blinker's first time. Yeah. J-Mac on. That's a good case you've made. Mm. Um, look, I'm really keen on Ruffy on in this race. <laughs> and I don't know if I'm brave enough to put him on top. But you know what, mate? You've convinced me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm changing my tip. You love to see it. And you know what, mate? It's an omen bet. Number six. Lions roar yeah, on top. Yeah, let's, let's go. He's on. Let's go. So, <laughs> I'd love to know how many Newcastle winners have backed up a week later <laughs> and won. But to be fair, he was a, he was a scratching in the gloaming. Uh, so, he was going to run there and they scratched him from it for this Newcastle race. Um, $1.50 pop and he saluted, but he only saluted by about half a length in the end. But the horse that ran second to him actually got past him in the last 100 and he saw that. And he knuckled down. He got past Good it. Good to see. Good boy. Good grit. So, I've got this big boy on top. As I said, mentioned previous on another podcast, big horse. <laughs> big boy. So, yeah, he, he'll just get out in stride and um, find his feet. He'll race his own pace. Think about Finch, younger version of Finch for mine. Um, I think he'll be mighty hard to get past, mate. He looks... 20 bucks. He looks a really silly price. I, The other one I was weighing up was Cherry Tortoni. Yeah, yeah um, I was going to say. Just don't know if this is in its sights. I don't. I really don't know why they're coming here, to be honest. Glenfiddich form, it's pretty damn good form. You can uh, get Glenfiddich through Behemoth. So, Cherry Tortoni, in turn, has Behemoth form, which is pretty hectic. Um, so, I think he will be mighty hard to beat as well. And uh, I've also got Love Tap and Montefilia as the other chances. But, so I've got Lions Roar on top now. I've got him on top, the big boy. Uh, and I've got Cherry Tortoni running second. And look, Love Tap running third. But it's a really flip of the coin between him and Montefilia. Yeah, I've got Bucharest on top. Um I've got Montefilia storming home for second and, and Love Tap holding on for third. Um, and, yeah, obviously Cherry Tortoni should run a good race as well. Beautiful. Alrighty, let's take another quick break and then we'll get stuck into the juicy stakes. Alrighty, mate, this is where we get stuck into our best bets of the day. So, 
before we get stuck in, Rubisaki went down again. I was going to give her a dishonorable mention um, because last podcast I took the purple polo off her and put a normal blue silks back on. Um, I might have to put the purple polo back on her. Look, she's she's going to be that horse for me that I'm going to back every start. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, apologies for anyone who followed my bet on the weekend. She, was, she wasn't great. No, she really wasn't. Um, she might be a wet tracker, mate. Might be a wet tracker. Um, who knows? Hopefully, she comes back. She might be an autumn, autumn filly mare. You never know. Alrighty, so, and Madame Rouge snuck into fourth. I was really hoping she'd run third, but, oh, well, these things happen. All right, mate, let's get stuck in. Um, 85 bucks we're up to for Living Legends um, with Macca's inclusion last week. So, um, still haven't saluted yet, but this weekend could be the weekend. So, before we get into that, let's get stuck into our roughy or value bets of the weekend starting in Sydney. Uh, well... As just mentioned, um, in the spring championships, um, Bucharest, 20 bucks at the moment. That's my roughie. We're getting going head-to-head, so another six-pack on the line. Lions raw, um, both 20 to 1. Uh, yeah, happy to have that on the line. Um, our roughie in Melbourne, mate. Mate, as we as we sort of went through the card in, in Caulfield, I was, I was actually thinking, geez, most of the things I've backed are – are favourites. Um, but from a value perspective, um, if How Romantic does run in race four in Caulfield, I think it's about 13 bucks at the moment. So, happy to have that as my value slash, slash roughy. Beautiful. Uh, Gaelic Chieftain in the last, I think he's about 16 bucks, and can't go past a $17 pop in a group one with personal. So, they're my two. Um, you're each way in Sydney, mate. Um, if you go to race eight in Sydney, um, have a look at number two. Uh, it's a horse that um, I flagged as a horse to watch uh, a couple of potties ago. Um, number two, positive piece. Um, this race looks really suitable. Um, and I think at the price, $6.50 at the moment, $2.30 for a place. Why not? Beautiful. Um, I'm putting myself on notice here because if it jumps shorter, um, yeah, could – Definitely not be an each way bet, but you know what? I'm doing it anyway. Um, race five, number three, only seven runners, so it needs to run top two, but I'm confident it can. Uh, number three, prime star um, for the Freedmans. Um, this boy, he he loves, he just looks like an out and out miler, this horse, um, where he, go up, he goes up against Mamaragan, which is dual accepted for the, uh, the Guineas, I'm pretty sure. And um, he's also got Peltzer, um, who I think he's suited to shorter. Global Cle- Global Quest has been scratched from the spring champion, so I think he is definitely a um, a chance. But Prime Star ran second to a Theory last start. Theory's come out and yeah. won two on the trot. So, um, yeah, happy to have him on top. Fair enough. Yeah, each way in Melbourne. Uh, I'm going to go Junipal as my each way. Uh, in Melbourne, um, racing in the two rack, I think it's about five bucks um, for a win and about two bucks for a place at the moment. So, look, I, um, like I said, not enormously confident, but I'm confident it'll finish top three. Beautiful. Uh, I've got race four, number one, Keelong. She's done nothing wrong in her career to date, so I think she can run a drum for us. Alrighty, your best of the weekend in Sydney, mate. Oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Queensland Alligator Blood race six, number one, the uh, the Silver Eagle. Um, yeah, he, he look he got a pass mark first up, um, but his second up form is is proven. Um, he's never actually run in Sydney before, has he? I don't think he has. Um, I don't think so, but. They run the Sydney way of going in Queensland anyway. So. Yeah, and look, he's got four wins at 1,200, four wins at 1,400 metres, uh, and this is a 1,300 metre, so there's no reason why he won't run a good race. Yeah, he was definitely – I was weighing him up. The only one I was nervous about so was uh, Dawn Passage. Only reason why I didn't have him as my best. Um, my best is race three, number nine, Creed Dearest, uh, the Godolphin thing who flew home last start. Didn't adjust. Doesn't find a big field here. It was racing in a field of 13 last start. Has a field of nine here, so it should have him in its sights. Um, 
Clear danger for mine is Bottega, but I would be all over him like a rash if this was 1,600 metres or further. It's not. He stays at 14. Creaderis on 52 kegs. Rachel King on the back will be awfully hard to beat. Um, your best in Melbourne, mate. Uh, I'm going to go RC, mate. Russian Camelot. Um, yep, I, think it, I think it should be dominant in that race, so happy to have it on top. Yep, same here. So... Considering I was keen on Alligator Blood as well, let's chuck him in from Sydney and we'll both lob in Russian Camelot for our multi this week. Sounds like a plan. That should be fairly short odds. Oh, yeah. So, hopefully, this is mathematically, this is the best chance we've had. You'd really hope so. Cool. Mate, another one in the books. Derby Day only a few weeks away. Oh, can't wait. Isn't it a great time of year? It is. It is. Um, so, yeah, hopefully we find a few winners this weekend. There's plenty of value out there, punters, so good luck. But until next week, give us a follow on Instagram or Twitter. Uh, we're on YouTube, clearly. And, yeah, give us a review on Facebook, um, on Facebook, on your podcast app, whatever you listen to. So, until next week, we'll see you then. Thanks, punters. Have a good one.